Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Hey guys, welcome to my workshop, Practical Fat Loss at Home. I have run a similar workshop before, um, online workshop around strategies and facts around fat loss that you can use without needing to step foot in a gym. And so I've decided to repeat it now because we are in a situation where we have restrictions in place that um, from my perspective are making it difficult to potentially do the workouts that we really enjoy doing where we enjoy doing them um, as well as maybe putting a bit of a dent in people's motivation for um, training when we're having to wear masks when we're indoors um, all of these kinds of things and just the uncertainty of what's happening as well. I think it's a really important time to now highlight the truth about fat loss when we have so many people who set out to pursue their fat loss goals based on what type of exercise they do, what style of training they're doing, where they're training um, and looking at that calorie calories burnt idea and I'm going to talk to you tonight about why that's an unproductive idea around fat loss and what really matters for your fat loss and I know that a lot of people are a little bit um little bit wary about these kind of workshops because I know that when I say that I'm talking about nutrition or doing fat loss without worrying or without placing the emphasis on exercise that people immediately think oh my god I'm just going to have to eat salad uh, chicken and broccoli forever Um, that is how some people do it it's not the way that you need to do it Um, so you know Aside from all that, we will get into that detail. Um, I think that the key reason that so many of us get hung up on this notion that we uh, need to find the right kind of group fitness or exercise plan to follow um, to reach our goals is because for years and years and years, this is the message that we've been told. Now, if I can put it into context for you fitness is a product so fitness classes are a product um even the ones that I teach at my venue um you know your your gym membership is a product and so what anyone wants to do when they have a product is sell as much of it as possible um, to make a bigger profit so if we can have people believing and particularly women and I'm not saying this is my approach, but it's all just become very clear to me over the last um, seven or so years of being a fitness trainer and working with people and learning more and reading more. And then, holy shit, I've just connected all the dots and what is going on in the world. So I do try to get this across to the clients that do choose to work with me or anyone who will listen. Um, and I can sound a little bit crazy about it, but essentially, as I said, 
fitness is a product. Fitness classes are a product. Um, you know, equipment is a, pod- a product. So the types of things that um, you might buy to use in your home for exercises and you'll quite often see marketing material that says, you know, um, this is the ultimate fat burning uh, machine or like exercise routine. So even your online programs that you can get from people, apps, uh, they're all products. So when we think that people want to sell more of them, what are they going to do? They're going to present to you that this is the answer to your problem of wanting to lose some body fat or a bit more body fat or that last little bit of body fat. And if we send women in particular on this journey of going around in circles, trying to find the one product or the one solution that is going to um, finally resolve their their fat loss goals for good, um, we can sell them a lot. And the industry is worth billions and billions, as I'm sure that you know. If we empower people with information and facts, what the industry seems to believe is that then people will no longer buy those products. I disagree with that perspective because I think that if you can have people understanding and taking control of their fat loss with the power to choose how they do it, then they will still buy fitness products and services but for the right reasons. Now, one of my biggest frustrations as a trainer is people coming to me in summer and they've tried this person over here, these classes over here, this type of training, blah, blah, blah. And then they come to me and they're like, right, um, you're it. Like you're going to do the thing for me. And don't get me wrong. Many of these people have gotten results in the past via a particular type of training. But the key factor that I would like you to, and if you're one of these people as well, if you're like, oh, but, you know, I I looked really good when I was doing um, jumping up and down every day. Um, That's because more than likely at the time that you got those results, you felt in one way or another um, connected enough to that idea that you did it a lot. And so it took up a substantial amount of your time more than likely um, and you repeated it. You did a lot of repetitions. You were very, very consistent for that time and that is how you saw the results. Um, But more than likely, and the reason why I keep seeing people coming around full circle, looking for the next solution, regaining weight, um, is because they just don't have that amount of time to give all the time in their life. So we're now in a situation, as I said, where we're restricted. Um, you know, we're not in the worst situation here, but it's it's not nice. Um, we're having to wear masks to exercise, which a lot of people don't like, um, and that's fair. Um, uh, and, and we just don't know whether there's going to be more and more restrictions all the time. So it's quite um, uncertain. And, and that kind of puts a bit of a damper on all of it. So if we're in this situation, but we've pinned our hopes on our group exercise or whatever kind of training or the gym that we're going to for our fat loss, but suddenly we can't go there as much or we can't train as hard when we are there, 
does that mean you are going to gain body fat, reverse your results? Not if you know what the truth is. And so the biggest thing that I want to get across to you guys in this um, hopefully quite short workshop is that, um, yes, you do require an energy deficit to lose body fat. Yes, that may mean that you need to eat a little bit less or understand your daily energy needs and potentially move a little bit more. But what I want to get across to you today is that your half an hour, 45 minutes, one hour, even two hours in the gym a day contributes the least to your total daily energy expenditure, aka your calorie burn. So why we continue to focus on that for creating an energy deficit for fat loss um, is for the reasons that I've just told you, is that if we leave you, lead you to believe that a particular way of training is going to burn more fat, you're more like, likely to buy it. Um, now, so your daily energy expenditure is made up of your basal metabolic rate, which is what you would burn if you did nothing, if you're in a hospital bed laying there, um, it's a it's your body's metabolic processes, everything that it needs to stay alive. So that is 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. Then you've got 20% is incidental movement. So that is not just how much you walk around, but your posture, your facial expression, um, talking with your hands. Um, cleaning your house, fidgeting, even I'm fidgeting now while I'm talking, actually swinging around in my chair. Um, that all contributes to your incidental movement. So then we have digestive processes. So the energy that it costs to digest your food, that's about 7%. And then we're left with about 3% of our total daily energy expenditure comes from our exercise or our workouts. So you can see how if you're trying to create a bigger energy deficit through workouts alone, it's a bit of a losing battle unless you pretty much get up at 2 a.m. and go to bed at 11 p.m., which is not going to be possible for everyone. Like, you know, by the time you've then got the rest of your life to deal with, such as meal preparation, cleaning up, shopping, um, cleaning your house, basic hygiene, going to work, dealing with your kids, um, dealing with other family, having social situations. Um, you, you might be able to try to create that energy deficit through exercise for a particular time in your life um, but it may not always be the case that you can dedicate that amount of time and quite often people end up being overtrained, over fatigued um, and other things come up in life which is normal. So we're in a situation where potentially moving less even incidentally and a lot of our work is based on sitting down. Given that your incidental movement contributes 20% to your daily energy expenditure, this is where we need to look for fat loss alone. No, simply looking at like moving more and eating less is not going to do a lot for your body composition. That is where your training comes in. And I say this because 
of course I want people to keep training. It's important for not only for how your body looks and feels and your general health, your cardiovascular health, your strength, your mobility, your um, longevity as well. Um, strong people stay independent for longer. And I've just started working with older people and this is becoming more apparent to me, um, more and more important to me as well to get across to people that your exercise is not about a punishment for the food that you've eaten or um, trying to get your body whittled down into as small as possible, which has quite often been the message for women for years and years. Um, or changing your body in some way. Even now when we're seeing um, the trend more towards muscular physiques, that's, again, it's just another um, beauty standard on women that is leading us to spend a lot of time on trying to change our body and a lot of mental energy. Um, so if we're just simply talking fat loss and you may be at a point where you're needing to take a break from training for whatever reason, because of restrictions or because of something that's happening in your life, um, the particular point that you're at, that doesn't mean that you're going to just automatically gain heaps of weight, gain heaps of body fat, just because you can't get into the gym at that particular time or for a time period. And I say this because the amount of women that have come to me over the years and said, I really need to lose weight, and they do quite often, but I do not have any time for exercise, so therefore I'm stuck here, and that is not the case. So I'm hoping that you're starting to see now what I'm getting at. The parts of your day and the parts of your life that you have more power to influence outside of the gym, the, the gym being that 3% of your day, you've got the whole other 97% of your day to influence. You can't necessarily influence your basal metabolic rate, except you will as you lose weight. If you want to upregulate your metabolism, the best way to do that is to gain weight because then you're going to require more calories. So obviously we don't want to do that. If you lose, you know, 10, 20 kilos, you're going to need less energy. Um, but it's likely that you probably just want to lose a couple of kilos like most people. And it's probably, if you can get your incidental movement up, you're not going to need to um, cut your calories in so much. So Given that, looking for opportunities that you can move more in your day, and I don't mean just going for a 10-kilometre walk because that would count as exercise. I personally try to work, walk as many places as I possibly can, um, not only for um, getting my movement up, my daily energy expenditure up in a way that is not going to increase my appetite or overtrain me or make me fatigued, but because I enjoy it, I listen to music or I listen to a podcast or an audio book. It's my time out away from either clients or um, family and the stuff that I've got to do around the house. But it saves me money and fuel, legit. Like I don't live that far from my work. So if it's a, say, 12-minute walk for me from my home to my work, work and the day is good outside, I'm going to make the most of that and I'm only filling my car up like every fortnight most of the time unless I go out of town. Um, so there's other benefits to 
moving more as well. And even if you're not like me and you don't live that close to your job, there are opportunities if you look for them to um, get a bit more movement in your day. And I think one of my clients is saying she doesn't live that far from the main street and she realised one day that she was driving up the main street when she really could have just walked to go to the post office, for example, and it didn't take her that long. And it just gets those steps up. So, yes, a step counter is one way to measure your incidental movement. As I said, though, your posture counts, how you sit, um, making gestures when you talk, uh, fidgeting, it all contributes to your daily energy expenditure. So what about calories in? They can often be the hardest to control. But I want to put it to you that if you are trying to get your energy expenditure up for fat loss via exercise alone, you are more than likely going to increase your appetite and start eating a little bit more. And I don't care if you think that you're tracking your calories perfectly. Your body has a really good way of getting those extra calories that it's wanting in when it feels like it needs them when you suddenly start training a lot more and they will get in and you won't realize that it. it'll be subconscious so if you are working out a lot or have been before and you've struggled to lose weight more than likely there's some extra energy getting in and it's been um, driven by these appetite signals that your body has um, and it's it's not necessarily to do with willpower so the number one thing I ask most people to do when they start working with me is just keep a written food log I don't even care you don't have to track calories I come across a lot of women who believe that calorie tracking is the only way to do things, it can be a handy tool in the short term, but it's not the be all end all. And it's not something, it's not the only way to regulate your energy in. You can do that via um, portioning. You can do that via um, meal timing. So limiting the amount of times per day that you eat, you can do it via changing your food environment. So if you have particular foods that you really can't control yourself around, make them harder to get. I'm not saying give them up altogether, make them a little bit, make it a little bit more effort to try and get them. So you're less likely to give into those, um, Times where you likely those foods I find with myself and my clients are attached not to being physiologically hungry, but to a particular emotion. And so if they're handy near us and we experience some stress or some boredom or some loneliness or um, frustration, anger, um, sadness, um, anything like any kind of negative emotion, if those foods are on hand, um, we're more likely to try to deal with that emotion with the food. If they're a little bit harder to get, um, less likely. So we're taking that away. Um, that doesn't mean that you should go without them forever. But what we, what I like to do with my clients is eventually get them to, get them to the point where we're changing that emotional state around that food. And once you can do that, you find that you experience less instances of loss of control around particular foods um, I've kind of gone into emotional eating now it still is relevant in this time that we're living in right now 
definitely. And I've experienced a lot of that myself in the last 12 months, being a small business owner and being in the fitness industry and just wondering where all this is going. Um, so besides that, how else can you influence your energy in and get it more in line with your fat loss goals? Well, you can do that via your food selection. So making sure that most of your meals in the week include a lean source of protein, such as, you know, chicken breast, um, even chicken, turkey, beef, mince, um, uh, steak, uh, fish, dairy products, um, eggs. I'm just talking off the top of my head now. So prioritizing a lean source of protein as your the centerpiece for your meal, um, consistently shown to outperform other types of eating for long-term fat loss results. Not only that, your body needs lean sources of protein. Um, it supports your immunity as well. It supports appetite management and just general health and body composition too. So, and then building on from that, making sure that each of your meals includes a large amount of like leafy green vegetables or salad, or fruit as well. Um, so low calorie, high fiber, high volume foods. So they are low calorie per bite. So if you're looking at um, my best example that I can give is like my bowl of Greek yogurt. So that's a protein source um, with, I chop up like a, an apple and some other fruit, maybe put some berries in. I probably put about to a hundred grams sorry of the the fruit diced up and say 150 grams of the greek yogurt maybe a sprinkle of cinnamon maybe cinnamon cinnamon maybe um like 30 grams of muesli it is a huge bowl of food when you look at it and that helps to manage appetite um, because you're filling your stomach up with low calorie per bite foods you're feeling satisfied more quickly than if you're eating like chocolate um, and you're less likely to sort of um, go looking for those other snacks after than if you had just tried to eat as little as possible so these are the types of things that you can do when you may not be able to either work out at all or work out in the way that you would normally like as hard as you would like and you're feeling a little bit frustrated and wondering if this is going to impact your um, fat loss goals that you might have had. Um, not the case. You've got the facts now about what influences your fat loss more than exercise. So what I'd like you to do now is just focus on those daily things that you can do, make those little adjustments, keep a food log. And then when you are ready to get back into the gym or even try the gym for the first time, and I say gym generally, I don't really like that word because I don't consider my venue a gym. Um, there's lots and lots of different things you can go to, but let's just say, Jim, for simplicity's sake, when you're ready to start doing some kind of formal training, you're doing it for the right reasons and not coming in and hoping that it's going to be the one key to your fat loss goals because more often than not, unless you dedicate large amounts of time to that and potentially sacrifice other parts of your life, you are going to find yourself disappointed fairly quickly. So I hope this makes sense. Um, if you 
uh, have any questions on anything that I've said, I am more than happy to take messages on that. Um, if you would like to know more about the coaching that I do around these, I have an eight-week course for people around these principles. Um, and the aim of that is to equip you with the knowledge that you need to never have to buy another gimmicky diet plan again because you you know exactly what you need to do for your fat loss and you can implement it into your life seamlessly and choose the type of exercise that you enjoy for the reason that you enjoy it it suits your life um, and not because you think that you have to do it to burn calories as such so um, thanks for listening and I will talk to you soon. Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit.